0: Amen. We're talking about seeking and finishing tonight. Just want to tell you the story of Asa. But first off, just to ask a question. In the Bible, Jesus often went up to people and asked them, "What do you seek?" And if Jesus was walking up to us today to ask us, "What would you? What do you seek, Heath? What do you seek, John? What do you seek, uh, Miss T? What do you seek?" Uh, what would we say? Would I say? Man, I would really like some good health. I'd like to end my life in good health. Or I would, I'd love to have for sure a good marriage. Or I'd love to make sure I'm financially stable for the rest of my life. What are those things in our lives that we are seeking? What are we pursuing? What are our eyes on? What's our goal and our aim? And uh, tonight, Psalms 105 verse 4 says, Seek what? The Lord in His strength. Seek His face or His presence continually remember his wonders which he has done, his marvels and the judgments uttered by his mouth. It is the word of God. When I read scripture, it's the word of God that I read all these awesome stories that inspires me. Maybe I've never felt the presence of God before. I've never, uh, Maybe I've never encountered him before, but when I read and I believe that This story is true. Or I can see that story in in Brother Ron's life or Becky's life. I can see it in somebody else's life that they've encountered God and God's wonders are good in them. So then I turn and say, God, I'm seeking your presence. I believe in what I see. I believe in what I hear. And that's what the psalmist uh, David has told Asaph to write in the Psalm 105, to seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually because you've remembered what he's done. Asa was the third king of Judah. And he was, uh, after the divided kingdom, we've got Solomon and, uh, uh, we've had David and Solomon, and his sons in the divided kingdom. And Asa is the third king of the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. And he is the son of Abijam, okay? Don't name your kids that. It's all good. But Abijam, and Abijam... Uh, he kind of was okay at first, and he, man, when he went to battle one time, he really stood and said, the Lord is on our side, you can't defeat us, but quickly in his life he began to marry pagan women, and he fell into idolatry, and the Bible says he did not follow the Lord in the ways of his father, which would be grandfather, David. And then he had a son, and his son's name was Asa. And the Bible says that Asa, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 15, verse 11, nevertheless followed the Lord like his great-grandfather, David. That he was right in the sight of the Lord like David, his father. So here is a young person. For some reason, something in him has desired to seek after the Lord. I don't know what is it in a young person. And I'm so amazed and proud of all of our youth who come without parents uh, to our Wednesday night uh, midweek services. Uh, What is it in a young person that seeks after the Lord? when they don't have that generation before them that did that. And so there's something awesome about Asa, because he really went away from what his father did. Even his relatives, his grandfather, or his grandmother, and all the family, an extended family, uh, he went after the Lord like he knew the stories of his uh, great-grandfather David. And maybe he read them, maybe he heard them, but there was something that made him want to go after God like David did. And so... In 2 Chronicles 14, verse 9, let's talk about Asa's story. 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 9. And so Asa becomes king. He's seeking after God, and then something happens. It says, Now Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them. That's Judah and Benjamin, the southern kingdom with an army of a million men and 300 chariots, and he came to Marashath, and Asa went out to meet him, and they drew up in battle formation in the valley of Zephnath and Marashah, and Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one beside you to help in the battle between the powerful and those who have no strength, which do you think he was, right? There's nobody to help me in this battle, and there's the powerful, and there is me, God, who has no strength, so help us, Oh, Lord, our God, for we trust in you and in your name have come out against this multitude. Oh, Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. Man, what a powerful prayer. He's saying, God, you are a God who stands in the gap between the weak and the strong. He's just telling God he's preaching, you know, God, you are the God who stands in the gap between the weak and the strong. And you are our God. And I've come out here in your name. So this is on you now, by the way. And I've come out here in your name. And let not man prevail against God. Don't you know God's like, oh, buddy, it's on. I mean, because if I heard somebody say, hey, Heath, I know you're a good guy. And you stand in the gap when people need a hand. And Heath, man, you're awesome. And, and I'm coming out there in the name of Heath. I'm gonna kinda have a reputation on the line here, right? I gotta stand up for this guy. And so God says, The Lord routed the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Here is his little bitty army against a million plus men. And they win. Man, don't you know you'd be jumping and shouting. Uh, And says, The battle was hopeless. God was all he has. He realized he's got no strength to stand. Asa prays. God shows up, says, You're a God. And he wants God and his kingdom get all the glory. Let me tell you something. If you want God to show up in your life, be sure God's going to get all the glory. Be sure God's going to get all the glory. And this is, uh, I know, I take a note of this to be kind of like those insurmountable odds that are against us when we first get saved. When you're first getting saved, uh, when you come to God and you're seeking after God, but maybe you haven't found him yet. You cry out to God, man, there are so many things against you. There are over 600 and some odd laws that stand against you between God and his holiness. There's the the record of your past, the thought life you've had, the things you've done. All that stands against you. Millions and millions of things we've thought, we've said we should have done, could have done, would have done. All that stands against us. But when we cry out to God and say, God... I want your name. God, you're victorious. You're God who helps the poor in spirit, the humble in heart, the broken. God, I'm coming on your team. Lord, now you got to fight this battle for me. And God shows up, and he beats every insurmountable odd in our life to show us who he is. Amen? And that's kind of Asa's salvation moment. God just, man, you're my God, and I want you to fight this battle for me. And against all odds, you and I are saved today. You know that? Against all odds, you and I are saved today. And so may God get the glory for that. May God get the... I didn't save myself. May God get the glory for it. That's right, his battle. And so look in 2 Chronicles 15, verse 1. So skip down a little bit. And so what happens? They come back home, and a prophet shows up. The Spirit of God comes upon Azariah, the son of Odette. Uh, and he goes out to meet Asa, and he says to him, Listen, Asa, all of Judah and Benjamin, listen to me. The Lord is with you when you are with him. Get this, this is a very important verse in Scripture. The Lord is with you when you are with him, and if you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now note, God has already answered their prayer. God has already showed himself good to mercy and to the weakness of their flesh. But he says, but if you want to keep this relationship, you better be sure to keep on seeking after God. Keep on seeking after God because you're already in God now. You're in God. God is for you, not against you. You're saved. You're in God. But if you ever leave Him, just know He's not going to stay with you. You have to keep a seeking relationship with God. Christian, We have to keep a seeking relationship with God. The Christianity is never on autopilot. And that's really the message for tonight. We're never on autopilot. If I don't continually seek after Him, you know what happens? I start seeking after other things. And so he's saying, Asa, here's a great warning. If you seek after Him, He'll let you continually find Him. Man, I want to find more and more of God in my relationship with him. I don't want to be stagnant with where I just got saved. And man, that was a great battle, God. But man, I want to seek more of you and more of you. And what a great... Uh, the God is telling this prophet to tell Asa to say, Asa, I want you to keep on keeping on like you've done when you first got saved. I want you to keep on finding me and seeking after me and relying on me, all of your kingship. And if you do, I'm going to bless you. But if you don't, you'll find yourself alone. And so Asa hears this, uh, and the prophet tells him, he says, basically, Asa, you've been a lost people, and a lost people can seek after God. He's going to let a lost people find him. And God's good like that. He lets a lost people find him. And so at these words, Asa, here's what he does. He removes all the uh, dominable, uh, uh, heathen, pagan idols from the place, uh, all of Judah and Benjamin, he Uh, even takes what his dad, his evil dad, had won in battle and victory, and he dedicates all this immoral money and immoral statues, and he dedicates it and he gives it to the treasury of the Lord and says, I'm repurposing what the devil had given this family, and I'm giving it to God for God's glory. Man, that'll preach right there. There are things sometimes in our life that we have accumulated over the history of not being saved, and there are things in talents. Let me tell you, my dad is a good example. My dad grew up in in a... a godless home, he was beaten by his alcoholic father, and, and his mom died when he was 16 of cancer, and so he was raising his siblings, but one thing he loved to do was play the guitar, and he loved, he was very, very talented at playing the guitar, and he was playing Metallica and Kiss, and you know, the people that cut chickens' heads off, and all, all this kind of stuff, you know, and, and he you know learned about drugs and all this stuff, but when the Lord got a hold of him, he gave his gift to God. And he repurposed what the devil was going to use for his glory. And he gave it to God. And since that time, my dad's been in multiple music ministries and played in gospel bands and Christian bands and ministered at many youth rallies and youth retreats. And so sometimes we need to repurpose some things in our life and devote them to the Lord. Amen? All right. And so he repurposes his father's riches. And then he even removes his grandmother from office. This guy is a stud. I don't know, but he is, he is, he comes in, grandmother is the queen mother, and she's got royal power, and she's been in office for a while, and grandmother makes an graven image, a very sexually immoral idol for people to worship. He goes up to his grandmother, I don't know the conversation what they would have had, but he basically tells his grandmother, like Donald Trump, you're fired, and, and she's removed from office and influence, and let me tell you something. You better hear from God if you are going to talk to your grandmother that way, right? Hey, grandmothers, all the say Amen, right? You better be sure it's God. You might get a slap across the face, and I don't know that he didn't. But he ordered all the sacrifices to all these pagan stuff to stop, and he uh, commanded uh, his father's riches to the temple. He commanded his grandmother to stop doing what she was doing, removed her from political influence, and then he calls a feast, and he commands all the people to this. This is the phrase. To seek the Lord our God. He commands the nation to seek after the presence of God. And ironically, not ironically, it's all purpose. They call this great feast a feast that they hadn't had since the time of Solomon. And they put out all these idols. They grabbed this feast and it was on the Feast of Weeks. Now the Feast of Weeks is what we celebrate in a very very known word in our community called the Week of Pentecost. And it was Pentecost week, and they had a great revival and a coming back to God and a putting away of the idols and a great worship. And they sacrificed tons and tons of livestock to God in a great joyful celebration that God is now our God. We're putting away the falsehood. We're going after Him. It was nationwide revival. Isn't that crazy? Man, what a story that one young person can say, I'm going to stand up against all this ideology. I'm standing up against family. I'm standing up against politics. I'm standing against everything. And because the Lord has said, seek my face. And so like Jacob, he's going to say, your face, God, I will seek. Nationwide revival. And because of this, the Lord gave him rest. In 2 Chronicles 14, prosperity for many years, 20 years, Asa would see no war. He would have continual war with the northern kingdom because that, never, that was the part of the curse of the divided kingdom. They were always fighting amongst themselves. But as far as the rest of the world was concerned, Asa was in peace and prosperity for 20 years. There's a key verse here. First Kings chapter 15, verse 14. But all the high places were not taken away. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was wholly devoted to the Lord all his days. His heart was in revival, the nation was in revival, but a little bit of idolatry remained. Some people didn't give up those idols, and some places were still focusing on seeking other things. Seeking answers from other means, seeking answers from other gods. How crazy it is that the presence of God can move in an auditorium in a a place like this, and a whole many people can be in revival. And we, God is saying, give me everything, give me everything. And yet we can hold on to those one little things. And that might make for disaster later on in our life. The Bible says don't give the devil a foothold, an opportunity. Uh, and so he brought revival. His heart was blameless, but some idolatry remained. So look at me, look with me in 1 Kings chapter 15, verse 17. So here we find the climax of the story. So Asos had revival, nationwide revival. Almost complete victory. And yet, so 20 years goes by, living it up with God's prosperity and blessing. And so in the 36th year of his reign, something happens, though. Something happens in the 36th year of his reign. Basha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from going or coming out into Asa, king of Judah. So the king of the north, Israel, comes and makes a fortification against the southern kingdom, so they cannot go in and out and have trade. He makes uh, a blockade. So Asa, here's what he does, verse uh, 18. Then Asa took all the silver and the gold which were left in the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of his, the king's house, his house, and delivered them into the hands of his servants. And king Asa sent them to Benadad, the son of Tambermon, the son of Hezion, king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, which is Syria. So he sends all the treasure of the Lord's temple and the treasure of his house, and he sends it to the king of Syria, the neighbor, against Israel. Let there be a treaty between you and me as my father and your father. Behold, I have sent you a present of silver and gold to break your treaty with King Baasha, king of Israel, so he'll withdraw from me. So Benadad listened to King Asa and sent commanders of his armies against the cities of Israel and conquered them. So he makes, 20 years into God's prosperity, something happens. Man, it gets bad. Some bad thing has happened in his life. Man, we've lived in peace for 20 years, but now it's gotten something serious. Immediately, he takes the Lord's treasures. He takes the stuff he had repurposed that was in the temple, things he had acquired, God's blessings in his life, and he willingly gave God's blessings away to a pagan king and said, would you... You fight him on this front, and if you will, he'll leave me alone. What a sad day in his life. A sad day. He was so desperate, he gave away his blessing, and he did not pray. He trusted in a pagan enemy and contrived his own plans. Man, we've kind of been in that theme today with prayer and plans and how we're seeking the Lord continually. And why did he do this? Because in 20 years of peace, he'd forgotten that he wasn't a self-made man. In 20 years of peace, he had forgotten to keep on seeking the Lord. You know, sometimes in our Christian life, I know this very well as an American Christian, that I can get radically stayed, I can have radical encounters from God. And you know, we are the most blessed people in the world. I have running water, I have electricity, I have an electric blanket that my wife loves. You know, like... uh there, there, there are just things that we have that are comforts. I have Christmas lights on my house. And, you know, there's, there's things I live and around the world there are people just trying to get water, trying to get out of a war-torn country, got their babies, getting on a boat, trying to get across the sea. And, you know, uh, I don't live there, and I, I can't live there, you know. that's I live here, and, and this is our blessing. But I wonder sometimes, we're living in the blessing, and it's so hard to keep seeking and so often when we're not when we're living in the blessing and we stop the seeking then we start seeking after other things in ourselves we start thinking well maybe I have been a good enough person, and maybe I am a good guy, I am a good girl. Maybe, maybe it has been my hard work that's got me this job, that's got me this bank account, that sends my family on vacation, that puts a roof over my head. It's been my effort, it's been my work, and who are you to ask for my money? And we begin to build ourselves up, and we forget to pray. We forget to read our Bible. We for we kind of just yeah that's a good service that's a good good message and those are good things we love the lord we we have the religiousness around us but yet behind all that there's no seeking there's no seeking yeah we're not desperate and so he lost his dependency on the lord in that 20 years of peace he became a self-made man and the bible says in psalms 9:10 and those who know your name will put their trust in you o lord they have not because you have not forsaken those who seek you god does not forsake those who keep seeking him and those who know him keep putting their trust over and over and over and over and over <clears throat> and look at second chronicles chapter 16 verse 7 what happens We don't want to be one of those people that when we wake up one day, being with Jesus for many years, and we turn to find out that when tragedy comes again, when the enemy comes to attack again, that we rely on our own means and we, we, we begin to try to fix it ourselves. I'm a fixer by nature. Uh, you know, you, you can ask my wife in our early years of marriage, she would come to me and, and uh, try to tell me something that was going on in her work and talk to me about, you know, the drama that goes on. And, in the office or whatever, and I'd be like, well, here's what you ought to do. you got to do this, this, and this. Man, let me tell you something. Just be quiet. Just listen. That's what I learned real quick. I'm not supposed to fix it. I'm supposed to listen. <laughs> and, and, and Asa, and, and in that way, it's kind of like I'm in fix-it mode. I've lived for 20 years. I haven't had to fight for things. I've been living in the blessing of God. Things have been good. And so this comes in. My natural response is not to go back and remember what God did back when and how I was desperate and I had nothing and I was without anything and I was young and I didn't know any better and all I had was God. And I needed Him and He showed up in fire and He showed up revival in my heart and there was a great outpouring of His Spirit in my life. But year after year after year, after a year, I can do this. I got this. It's going to be all right. I've made it this far. I've only got a little bit left to go. The prophet shows up in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 7. He says, At that time, Hananiah the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Aram, which is Syria, and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Aram has escaped out of your hand. You were supposed to conquer him, but you made an alliance with him like your father did. But now were not the Ethiopians and the Lubam who in an immense army, which were very many chariots and horsemen, were they not given into your hand? Yet because you relied on the Lord and that he delivered them into your hand for the eyes of the Lord, get this verse right here, for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his you have acted foolishly in this. Indeed, from now on, you surely have wars. And then Asa was angry with the prophet, the seer. And he put him in prison. And he was enraged at him for this. And Asa oppressed some of his people at the same time. He got mad. Who are you to tell me? that I'm not listening to God. Who are you to tell me? I've been serving God for 20 years. And God's blessed me. Who are you to tell me something about what I'm doing in my life? Man, pride had built him up so much. This is the first time in Scripture a prophet was arrested and put in prison, by the way. How... Think about that. That's a sad note on your record. And so Asa gets mad, but what God is saying, he's saying, but the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. What he's saying is God's intention is always to help you. Uh, I heard John Piper say it this way about that verse, and I was studying that one verse, and he said if we were to say, That a lifeguard is always looking to and fro the pool, looking for someone who he may help. What do you think that intention of that lifeguard is? He is always in the mode of helping people. That's what his job is. That's what he's doing. He didn't take a time off. He is always there to help people. And the prophet says the Lord is like that. He is always looking for the weak The broken, the poor in spirit. And he loves to help them. It's his job. It's what he does. He never takes a day off from helping people who are saying, God, I need the victory in the name of Jesus. I need power from on high. I need the Holy Spirit like I've never had the Holy Spirit before. And he's saying, I love to answer those kind of prayers. I'm in the business of answering those kind of prayers. I'm not just here to kind of have a church service every now and then. I want people who are hungry, who are desperate, who know I'm the only God who can do this. And he said, You've acted foolishly because you've missed it. God would have loved to give you victory again. God would have loved to pour out his spirit of becoming because that's the kind of God he is. So he gets mad and throws him in prison. He gets so mad he goes on a tirade and, and even angers and, and oppresses some of his people at the same time. So God, in his great grace, a couple of years goes by gives him this disease. The Bible says he had a foot disease. We don't know what it was. It could have been a fungus, could have been gout, could have been something. But it ended up getting worse and worse and worse. Maybe it became gangrene, and it got worse. And the Bible says that he did not repent. And the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 12, it was so severe, he did not seek the Lord but the physicians. Now, this is not a verse to say don't go seek doctors. That's not what this verse means. God had given that to him in his life and a way to move him back to him in his spirit and his presence. That if he would just seek after me, I would heal him. And we believe in the blessing of doctors. We believe in the blessing of modern medicine. You know, all that. That's not about what this chapter is about. But he's saying, are you going to seek after me? Are you continually trusting in me? And sad how pride can keep us from repentance. He had forgotten that Psalm 105 that says, Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his wonders which he has done. We've got to get humble and broken and believe the word of God continually. To know that Jeremiah, the prophet, would say, If you'll seek me and you'll find me when you search me with all your heart. You see, it's not about being perfect. God was not looking for Asa to be perfect. He was looking for Asa to be a seeker. And you don't have to be perfect today. Jesus became perfection for you because he knew you could never be perfection. But he wants you to seek him and believe his word and go after his spirit with all of your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength and say, God, I I can't do this life. It's not in my power to be victorious in this life. I am desperate for the presence of God continually on my life, on my family. And you'll find those are the Christians that make it to the end well. Those are the ones who finish well. The Bible doesn't tell us what happens to Asa in heaven. The Bible actually says at the beginning of his life that Asa, his whole life, wholly sought the Lord. He wholly devoted himself to the Lord, that he loved the Lord. He was like his father David. He's even listed in the line of Jesus. And so that's given me hope, you know. He made a mistake. I don't know where his heart was in that last day of his life, but the Bible says that his his people gave him an honorable uh, burial, and they buried him with... David, and that he is in the line of Jesus, and he loved the Lord. You know, who are we to say? And who am I to say anything about you? All I can say is what the Word says. He says, just seek my face. Continually seek my face. Let me give you four things, or three things, and I'm going to close. One is this. When we forget the blessing of God, we forget worship. When he forgot the blessing of God in his life, it was God who made him, not him himself. He forgot to continually worship God and give thanks. Number two, when he forgot to keep seeking God in the easy times, he forgot prayer. We we don't want to forget worship. We don't want to forget prayer. And lastly, when when he forgot to have faith in those trials, he forgot the word of God that said, God said, I'm always with you. I'm always for you. I'm seeking to and fro to bless somebody who's seeking after me. Don't forget worship. Don't forget prayer. Don't forget the word. Don't stop seeking God even in the good times. How will you end? Seekers, finish well. Amen? Amen.